We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Author's Corner segment. Again, we're simulcasting on radio and TV, and I'm excited to welcome the program Dr. Naila Baraki, author of Fear, It's a Good Thing. Uh, Dr. Naila, thanks for calling. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Neil. I'm so excited to Absolutely. share. You know, the title just, I want to go right to the title. Fear, It's a Good Thing. That scares me because <laughs> I have uh, fear right now in my life at 47. Fear of the future with COVID-19, uh, fear with my businesses, fear with where we're going. So the title scares me right off the bat. So how did you come up with the title? Well, you know what? Um, really, you know, most of us have already outlived so many of our fears. But, you know, with so much going on, it's so confusing. It's just fear, fear this, fear fat, fear GMOs, you know, uh, fear each other, you know, fear of you know, so many things that people forget about just some, some simple things in the Bible, like fear not. Doesn't mean that you won't go through fear, but there is a bad fear and there is a good fear. So the bad fear, bad fear has company, you know, has sabotage, procrastination. Even the Mental Alliance on, on Mental Health says that all anxiety and depression is rooted in fear. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. good fear, <laughs> good fear is instinct, intuition, and courage. And that's what it takes right now, is instinct, intuition, and courage to know that, you know, there are so many good things happening in the midst of what's being promoted. And it's always fear as just bad and nothing more, but it is so much more. So it's so, so much more. And so, <laughs> so more. and so, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm understanding you. I agree with you in certain ways because fear leads us to preparation. Fear leads us to being ready. Fear may, leads us to shift to our next uh, adventure. Sh- uh, fear makes us be ready for the next opportunity. Yes. Is that what you're trying to say in a way? Yeah, fear is innovative. You know, fear, you know, if you're, if you're a fear of your health, you know, good fear will motivate you to have better health. If you're in a job that's making you sick and you're, you're, you're afraid to leave it, if you just kind of cross that bridge to the other side, good fear will take you across. You know, fear is good fear is in so many things in our lives. So we have a choice and we can choose that good fear, but usually we look at the bad fear. Bad fear and good fear both arrive at the same time, just like anything else. Problems and solutions, they, they arrive at the same time. But usually we're so busy looking at the fearful moments and the, and the problems that we're not looking at the solutions. So sometimes we have to look at our fear and find out what it's offering. What are you afraid of? You said that you were afraid of a few things, but, but is it real? You know, things get tangled in our head, but is it really real or, you know, we disasterize things in our mind? So is it really real or is it just a feeling? So do you believe in we're creating that fear ourselves and we can eliminate the fear or there's good fear and bad fear? Because that's the challenge that I'm trying to understand from this conversation so far. So you don't want to eliminate fear. Fear comes with the human package. It's not about eliminating fear. People have been running from fear all their lives. People are running, you know, running from fear, waiting, procrastinating, waiting to, to make moves in their lives until the fear is gone. But it, the fear doesn't leave. But you learn what it's offering. A lot of times it's just a matter of, you know, I want to I say it right. I want to do it right. 
you know, I want to make the next move, but I don't know how it's going to work out. But good fear says, make the move. You have to take the steps and make the move to find out. You're not going to get, you didn't get where you are just sitting, sitting there saying, you know, I want to, I want to have my own show. And, you know, I'm, I'm so afraid and I, I, <laughs> no. I don't know what's going to happen. And you, it's, it's, you have to make the move first and you have to go out on trust and faith and some courage. That is good fear. I coined it good fear because usually, usually Neil, if, if, if you, however you, you got on your show or however we make our moves, there's something uh, intuitive that says, go ahead, go for it. Go interview for this. Go sit here at Neil, Neil Haley's show. <laughs> you know, go ahead and do it. You know, um, if I if if we didn't do it, we would never know. And so many good things can happen once we make that decision. We have to decide. And and that's a decision, right? So fear could be uh, something that really, in a lot of ways, gets us out of our comfort zone to go to the next level. Right? My, my, trying a, show, a radio show, being a professional wrestler like I was for X amount of years. Well, crazy, That's you know, um, playing, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> deciding to expand my business to not just my own, but more people, uh, you know, trying to, all these things have a fear component. It's just how you relate to that fear and say to yourself, I'm going to uh, eliminate the bad fear. So define bad fear then. What's the bad fear? So, so bad fear is that fear that will absolutely causes anxiety and depression keeps you in the corner, you know, not doing anything. You know, you're not, you're not making any movement. You're not making any changes. You know, you constantly have yourself, you know, at a microscopic level, just looking at yourself and just saying, you know, I can't do it. I can't get out of bed. I'm sabotaging because I'm thinking that, oh, well, no one wants to hear this anyway. So why bother? I'm procrastinating because I'm afraid of the nose. So I pick up, I'm not picking up the phone and making those calls, you know, for, to, to get a new client or even to ask for a raise because I already got it in my head. I'm so fearful that it's just not going to happen. Those are bad fears. They keep us stagnant, living in the shadows, and, and we're not moving. And it causes depression. And pharmaceutical houses are ready for you with this kind of fear. <laughs> because it's the doubt. It's the what if. It's what yeah. if I fail. What if it doesn't work out? What if I have no money? What if I lose this relationship? The what if. What if I'm rejected? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And on the other side of that, if I'm rejected, then good fear says there's something better on the other side. Let's, 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 let's go. You know, if it doesn't work, that means that I just need to find out what does. I don't stop. I don't quit. Exactly. Bad fear says, don't even try it. You know, <laughs> I did it twice. It didn't work. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> it's so, so true. Okay. So let's talk about your holistic healer. Explain holistic healing. Well, I, I'm a naturopath and, I, and I'm a, a psychologist. And so I wanted to, to integrate the two. Holistic means body, mind. It's the, it's the body, mind, emotions, you know, and, and spirit. It, it depends on how people view that. But when someone comes to see me, I can't just look at, okay, you know, they have anxiety and stress. I look at, so what are you eating? You know, are you sleeping? You know, are you, you know, how do you feel about your, yourself? You know, are you, are you drinking coffee at nine o'clock at night and, and chocolate at, at 10 and going to bed at two? And when you go see the doctor, he's giving you a prescription after a five minute visit because you describe the symptoms, but is it your lifestyle? So it's looking at everything. It's your lifestyle, how you think, what's motivating you, what's holding you, what's holding you back. Because health so, is one of the biggest problems of unsuccessful or entrepreneurs that don't make it because of health. 
health is such an important part of it in your health. Oh yeah, entrepreneurs up to everything. You don't have everything in tune. Forget it, right? You're gonna you're gonna have some sort of bad fear or stress in your life that's gonna keep you from going to where you want to go. Exactly. And the ideal is not to get rid of fear. It's to learn how to work with your fears, to learn from our emotions, to find out where is it coming from. And then what is it that you need to, to do about it so, so that you, you're, making, you're taking steps instead of being frozen? <laughs> so you need, an, you need an expert like yourself to figure that out. So if I was to ask you a few tips after I kind of gave you some things that are on my mind, what would you recommend I do to kind of look at a holistic point of view of some of the challenges I have right now? Well, one of the things is first, um, if it's going on in your head, write it down. Because, you know, when you write it down, it brings it to a concrete level and you can look at it and you see that, you know, oh my God, in my mind I was exercising this, but it's not as big when I write it down on, you know, on paper. You know, um, two, Make a decision about the reality of the fear. Is it something you can use, something you can learn from, something you can grow from? I also would look at, I would look at gratitude. You know, gratitude shifts fear, yes. you know? Fear can't stand gratitude. So when you get into how grateful you are about where you are and who you are and, and that you're in a perfect space wherever you are um, to begin or to start again or to elevate, um, those are things that I would look at. And then I would look at, who do I want to be and do I love who I want to be enough to give up who I am today? Hmm. That's a challenge. So those are things that definitely points. I'm learning so much from these amazing authors so far today as I'm going to be knocking out a bunch of interesting interviews here on the Neil Haley show, but where can we find your book and learn more about you? Where can we go? Well, that's why I wrote this. That's why I wrote, um, you know, fear is a good thing. The good fear guided journal, because you know what, Neil, you can even, you know, I've got some questions in here with some affirmations, some reflections, how to overcome, you know, overcome the bad fear and work with it. And um, people told me, well, you know what, I, want, I love writing the book. So there's space here where they can write in the book and they can find the book at my website, nailagibaraki.com slash books. Or Google there. you, or Google you, <laughs> for sure. Been, but I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for stopping by, and it's something to think about, and especially when you're yeah. suffering with your health. There's got to be an underlying cause why we're suffering from health issues, or we're suffering yeah. from not thinking we can make it. And you've got to look at mind, body, and spirit to have success. Right. Mindset is important. It is so important. Find yourself, Neil, getting past any of your fears. You remember that old saying, laugh in the face of fear. <laughs> All right. So thanks again for stopping by. Appreciate it. Thank you so okay. much. I appreciate awesome. it. All right. You're watching and listening to Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K-12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop 
enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensex enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit Lensec.com. And now back to the show. Back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Authors Corner segment, and I'm excited to welcome the program author Katya Rave, and you're the author of Success Is a Dance. Katya, thanks for stopping by. How are you? No, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Neil. This is very exciting. Oh, it's exciting to talk to you. What made you give me the full title of the of your book and why you wrote it? Sure, sure, sure. So success is a dance. And uh, the, the full thing came on how the rules of Argentine tango really gave me uh, a behind the scene on how we need to run a business, right? I, I am a tango dancer, Argentine tango dancer. Uh, and I perform, I teach it, I judge it. And uh, one of the things that I realized, and there's so many similarity between what are the rules and the codes, the codigos of Argentine tango and business? And I decided to write a book on that since I'm a business coach. So what, so, okay. So you first, what, how did you become a business coach from <laughs> tango dancing? Okay, that's so here. There we go. So that's uh, <laughs> now the question. The tango dancing is really more my hobby. This is how I. Okay, I really, so so you were the I, business my head. tango dancing. So you were running a fixed successful tango studio. I <laughs> sure was not. I sure was not. That is and not. The next thing on your bucket list is to create a, a tango business, right? <laughs> that's right. Well, and there's many people who do it as a business, but yeah. you know, unfortunately, again, there's there's not much success into it. Why? Because they are, you know, they really haven't figured out all the strategies. And there's a lot of things in tango were relating to business, like connection, mm -hmm. right? Connecting with your ideal uh, uh, client, connecting to uh, their messaging, connecting to the pain point they fix is so important. And it's the same thing in tango. If you don't connect with your perfect partner, if you don't connect to the music, if you don't connect to the floor, then you end up kind of dancing alone. And that, I feel like this is what we do in business. You know, like a lot of time, it's, it's all, all these people are so good at their craft, Neil. Yes. But they're not very good at running a business. Oh, you bet. Because, and, but see, then there's those questions, right? That's what right. What define running a good business? Explain right. that to me. So to me, it's all about some of the strategies and some of the fundamentals that we have uh, in place, right? So if you watch actually a tango dancer on the floor, uh, you see two people, one working backwards, you know, and, and one walking forwards, they're together, yet they're very in unison when they walk together. She, when if you look at her, she looks like an angel, right? She looks like she's flying on the floor. She has her eyes closed. She, I mean, everything about it looks so easy. Why? She has the 
fundamental. She has a strategy. Yeah. She is grounded. And in business is the same. We need to know that we're not in business for ourselves. People don't care about us. They right. absolutely don't care about us. They care about what do we do for them? Yeah. What are we giving them? How are we helping them? What are we doing for, you know, for, for their problem? And, and that's, you know, that's, for me, those are some of the strategies. Then if you have one missing, then it's the same thing. You end up, you end up really dancing alone. Well, as we heard always the saying, it takes two to tango. Hey, here you go. Hey, here you go. The client, our customer, owner, business owner, brand relationship is so important. If you're not tangoing, you're not going to be successful business. So McDonald's has their customers are going to buy their food all the time and love their food and rave about their food. So they are able to tango with their ideal customer. That's right. What we need to do is tango with our ideal client or customer. Correct. And it always goes back to connection, to understanding your client, to uh, giving them the messaging that they need, uh, understanding, you know, your pricing and be relevant. I mean, in this day of age right now, whether, um, you know, a lot of people are acting the, 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 with COVID like this is this blaming. COVID is the cause of everything. COVID was just a little thing who, uh, who really unveiled all the problems that people exactly. had. Right. I mean, because people that didn't have successful clients that were going to stay around or didn't see that their business, their, their service was important, they gave it up. But That's the ones right. that were happy with it, you That's can't right. Right. I didn't lose, but I made a mistake to not keep moving. I right. took a conservative point of view, which I, I'm kind of glad maybe I did, but ultimately at the end of the day, if it ever happens again, another pandemic, another tragedy I know that my avatar client is somebody that's always going to need my services regardless of what time period it is and that yeah. goes back to choosing who you want your customer to be yes. you know if you niche something Katya it's a good idea but you can't niche so down that give nothing to to go after if something dies right that's exactly right and on me you know if your exterior um, uh, conditions, you know, your external condition change, you still need to be able to adapt. You don't have to change everything. They're just, okay, well, how do I adapt? You know, instead of maybe like giving people like a two-year package, then now you know, then people are not really thinking two years out. They, they want something for three months. So you really have to stay relevant, listen to what they need, listen to what they want and, and talk to them. I, I, this is the biggest thing that I see, you know, in the, uh, in the business coaching industry right now. It's, it's people are not listening. We're not no. listening to our client. And then we blame. It's like, take responsibility. Stop blaming and do the work and, and, and move on, you know? And who do, who's your ideal person that you coach? For me, it's people who already have a set business that make at least $75,000, uh, men and women. Uh, at the beginning, we were really focusing on, on women. And we actually, this is where also we teach that, is how do you evolve with your business? You know, you can't stay stuck and say, well, this was my avatar and I'm going to stay with it. You have to evolve with the That's business. That's true. Like we, we now companies start. now going into virtual business yeah. solutions and virtual assistance and other uh, back office work where I wasn't there a year ago. So again, yeah. a lot of things were advancing to other fields, not okay. just social media and website development, things like that. But I've evolved. 
and that means it takes time and effort to understand those things. So this is fantastic stuff. And I think that ultimately that when you're thinking your customers today, are you tangoing with your customers? That would be a great question to ask people right now. It is, it is. And that, that's exactly what we talk about in the book. You know, it's like all about, it, it, it takes each code of the, uh, of Tango and it brings it into, into the business. And we serve, I mean, mainly we serve, you know, coaches, speakers, influencers, thought leaders, people mainly in the service industry. And this has been really amazing to see how much this book is really taking it down. Um, you see, sometimes we just have to go back to simplicity and we want to make it so complicated. And I think that's, that's no, a big problem. No, you can't do that. So best place we can purchase it, where can we go, Katia? Uh, you can go to Katia Rave. So I always joke, Katia Rave, Rave, uh, to say it in the, so Katia, K-A-T-I-A, Rave, or A-V-E dot com slash book. And you can find this, uh, this book, Success is a Dance, How the Rules of Tango Will Make Your Business Work. Thanks, Katia. Thanks for stopping by. No, I really thank you for the opportunity, Neil. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Take care. All right. You're listening to Neil Haley's show and watching the Neil Haley show, and we'll be back in just a moment. The Neil Haley show here on, here on the Total Spotlight segment. I'm excited to welcome the program. Um, Terry Kirkpatrick. Terry, thanks for stopping by. And uh, I really like what you're trying to do make people healthier because we're sure as heck losing it and more and more people are unhealthy and that's why we're so concerned about healthcare coming up into this election because our health is costing us so much money. That definitely, thank you. It does cost you much money. And um, I w I'm on a mission to help save people's lives and save them from going bankrupt because it's very expensive and being, you know, for people getting into their golden years, Medicare is not gonna cover everything and the prices are tremendous. Um, personal experience with the prices, but we'll get into that in a little bit. No, so let's kind of go, yeah, yeah. So let's kind of go back to the story because you have a story. Why would you be concerned about this? You've been a nurse for over 40 years, is that correct? And that, yes. what would make you want to help others outside of the nursing field especially what you've seen. Right, and, and what I have seen is I've seen the consequences of people who have not taken care of themselves. They've basically what it boils down to, you've not listened to the, you know, what your body's telling you to, you know, you, you say, well, I, you know, that's, I just feel a little yucky or whatever, stuff like that. But if you don't take care of yourself, do the things that you need to do to maintain the healthy lifestyle habits, your body's gonna slap you upside the head and say, look, listen, because if you don't listen to me, I'm going to put you six feet under. And that's exactly I had to face. So how did you have to tell the story? Five, six years ago, I weighed a lot more than I weigh now. I was 275. I'm not, you know, embarrassed to say that. But um, I uh, hadn't been taking care of myself. Again, working hours that you know, as a nurse and stuff like this, raising a family, we t women tend to put ourselves on the back burner, don't take care of ourselves. So I raised the family, did a lot of their, you know, get them to their activities and stuff like that. So I didn't get, I wasn't eating right, wasn't sleeping right, wasn't uh, exercising like I needed to do. 
And when I started an exercise program, five months into it, I had already lost some weight with that. Um, I was having trouble catching my breath. Well, needless to say, um, emailed my doctor. 30 minutes later, she writes capital letters, OMG, I'm panicked, gonna send you to the cardiologist. Went to see the cardiologist two days later. Three days later, I was in the hospital, had a stent put in. The doctor comes out and he says, lady, you are one lucky lady. You wouldn't have made it another day. You were 99% blocked. I said, oh, crap. <laughs> I said, I've been exercising a high intensity interval training program for five months and didn't even know I had a problem. And I'm a nurse. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm on a mission because that's exactly what happens is, is we tend to ignore things that our body's telling us that we need to take care of. And I should know better. My mom died at 56 from severe diabetes. And that's what I ended up having was not severe diabetes, but I had diabetes. Um, I've gotten rid of that. I've lost 120 pounds. I've gotten back on my schedule related to sleeping right, eating right, exercising. If you want to call it exercise, I hate the word exercise. <laughs> um, I call it my sanctuary time, really, when, when I work out. And um, you know, being able to get more focused, be able to concentrate better, um, all those four areas are very important. They are so interrelated with each other. You can't just focus on one, but they are. They, when you work on each area, then it, you, your body becomes more in what I call uh, harmony, more than just balance. Your body just kind of like hums along just like a little car <laughs> so uh, it's interesting what you're saying so explain to me um what people should do especially with COVID-19 and how a lot of people have not been living the healthy lifestyle that they've wanted especially during this pandemic some ideas for them right now to change especially when they've gone through what they've gone through right and it doesn't really doesn't take a whole lot to do it can make it very easy and simple i guess i like to call it with my clients i like to call it um the time pods so you look at your day and you say out of the in these four areas pick one item you can do in each of the four areas one item you can do about you know getting getting to sleep maybe you need to set a, a, a bedtime ritual maybe you're used to staying up till two in the morning well now you need to set a bedtime ritual so you get your eight hours in say i'm going to be in bed by 11 30 three times a week just start small. Um, I'm exercising or working out, saying, well, I'm gonna walk a half a mile and then walk a half a mile back today, or I'm gonna do this for the week. And then each week you just raise up the, the level a little bit higher. So the next week might be a mile and a half total for the whole week. So you just do things very progressively, but small enough, easy enough for you to handle. When it comes to meals, you just, say, okay, I have the biggest struggle in making sure that I have um, lunchtime meals. It's very easy for me to go run to the, the McDonald's or the whatever, the fast food place and get something for lunch versus I need to prepare something and just take it with me. I'm getting to be kind of the queen or the master of uh, meals to go. I should have brought my little container and show you, but I have packed my, my lunch and my supper for this whole day retreat. <laughs> And so, and I do that when I go in physical retreats. I literally have packed a cooler in my car of all my foods for the week, for the five days that I would be at the retreat or whatever. But there's a way of doing that, but you, you can't do it that extensively at first, but you, you, I teach you how to do it one step at a time. I think that's important because it's one step at a time. You cannot right. decide 
you're going to fix things really quickly. Walk for 15 minutes a day, you know, right. regimen, you, and then each time move up the ladder. But you have right. to be healthy, or else it's going to pay. It's going to. Right. And that's that's yeah. that's how I do with my workouts. Started out with okay, um, you know, five pound limit, ten pound limits with the weights or whatever. I am now into barbell lifting. All right. I would have never done this five years ago. Never, I would never would have thought of that. Uh, how are you working out, especially with COVID nineteen at home? Well, um, when the the gyms um, closed down, what I did is I um, had a friend who had a sort of a mock up gym in their garage, and that person allowed me to go and work out in their gym. Now I didn't get the total workout, but at least I still kept my schedule because my mantra is: there's no excuse, no excuses anymore. I've worked too hard to get to the point where I am right now. There is no way I'm going to go backwards. What no would way. you say to the people that decided to, you know, just give up with COVID-19? Like they started working, they were working out some, and they just gave up everything during this process. How do you get back, especially when you're concerned about going to the gym? You're concerned about working at home, out in home, because there's just too much chaos. Right, right. Um, basically, the biggest thing is this is just keep moving. I have one of my clients, two of my clients right now working on um, just getting them moving. I said, let's work up to where you can be doing 10,000 steps a day. Right now, I've got one that's at 6,000 and she's been working each week. She adds another 500. And then I've got another one whose her goal was to do 6,000, but she's doing 1,200 <laughs> right now. So I said, you know, based on what you can do, just get your steps going, get, just get walking, get, just get moving. And if you are at home, if you, um, you know, you don't have to have dumbbells or anything like this, but you can do um, various types of um, body weight exercises, just like, I, you know, you, you, you tighten your muscles and, and there's just, you know, they call it isometrics, but there, there's ways of doing that. And that's part of the program, which um, would, would be unique to you, whatever works for you. But if you got weights, yeah, work out with your weights. Great tips. Great to go, Terry, to learn more about you. And and learn some of the advice you're offering and some of the new techniques to really get people healthy. Okay, you can contact me at my, um, my email is terry, T-E-R-R-I-E, at wellness, and the number four, lifesteps.com. And it's the, similar to my website is wellness, number four, lifesteps.com. And on the website, there's a quiz that you can take as where we, try and uh, see where you are related to what your health status is. Well, tremendous, great, great job losing all that weight and uh, help other people lose weight and get healthy, especially during these challenges. Yes, it's, it's, it's very important, it's so important. We're seeing, you know, our lives are being lost um, because we, we're just choosing unhealthy habits and gotta get back. Exactly, all right, well, thanks for stopping by. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're listening and watching The Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download. Free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? 
win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Author's Corner segment. And you know what? It's, uh, it's always very interesting to talk to such interesting professionals and figuring out based on a title of a book or based on a specific career what their passions are. So I'm excited to welcome the program author Margie Dunkey Jacobs, author of Overly Satisfied is Underachieved. Margie, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me, Neil. Nice Absolutely. Yes. And so I hear this, I look at this title, Overly Satisfied is Underachieved. So meaning a lot of times people settle, it sounds like. Yes, sir. Why is that? Why do people settle instead of trying to be the very best that they can be or achieve the highest levels they can? They slide into complacency. They slide into comfortable. They slide into, you know what, my life is working right now. I really don't need to adjust it. It's fine where it is. I'm good. And, and the problem is that when you do that, later you look back, right, and say to yourself, I shouldn't have done that. What it does is it holds you back. It's like telling people, you are enough. And the world's starting to believe me, you are enough. In fact, everywhere people say, I am enough. They say, look in the mirror, I am enough. Which is great, because we're burning the candle on both ends and in between trying to figure it out. But when you say that you're enough, it puts a stop sign in front of you. It tells you, you're enough, you don't need to do anymore. This book is about going around the stop sign and doing more. Doing what you can achieve in this life while you're breathing. Yes. And, and so in the name of your company is Believe and Grow Better Product Coaching and CEO founder of Breathing Forward LLC. So Breathing Forward, what does Breathing Forward mean? Actually, the name of my company is Breathing Forward because I think that what happens at times, Neil, is we get into points where we like feel like, I can't do this. I don't even think that I can take my next breath. Yes. True. It's just a story that you're telling yourself because you're scared. Because there's something that's fearful and there's success on the other side of fear. So you stop yourself. But if you can just breathe and move forward, can you do that? That's how I coach people. That's how I coach people. Can you breathe at this moment? Can you move forward at this moment? Yes. And that's why I created this company, to learn how to get people to just breathe and move forward, and then let's figure it out. Wow. And so, and, and kind of tell us a little bit of that backstory of why you wrote the book and created the company. Why I wrote the book is because I think there comes a point in time in your life where you've done something, where you've risked things. I risked leaving a full-time job with 401k pay with two girls getting full tuitions wow. to college. Full tuitions. I walked away because I thought real estate investing was the where I needed to be at that moment and that I could make $100,000 if I flipped this old house. What I learned from that experience was after two years and three offers that fell through on that house and I was on my knees, 
I said, I will get more money from my insurance, from my life insurance. My family will do better without me here. I was on my knees. Oh my. And let me tell you, what I learned at that moment was get up. Get up. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Get yourself back into action. Get going. Can you breathe? Can you move forward? And for I don't know what it is, but it was a divine intervention of some kind that I then said, I just need to breathe and I need to move forward. And that's how it is. And we sold that house on August 16th, 2016. And I've never looked back. And now I want to teach other people how to walk through anything that you feel in your life has gotten to the point where you don't think you can do it because I know that you can and I know it's either reasons or results. And if you're making an excuse, that's a reason. I'm telling you, I can get you there. I help people find out what that is and stop playing small. Wow. And, you know, it's, it's so true. When we get to a, ch a really challenging part of our lives, a new chapter in our business and our family or a real challenge, we give up at times and we don't want to give up. We just choose to, or we settle back and say, no, I don't think that's right for me. And so how do you help people when you coach them to make sure that they earn that, they, they really make what's the best decision for themselves? I want to share with you that giving up is the best thing that you can ever do. Okay. Why do I share that with you? Why do I say that quitting is the best thing? Because that means that you're playing full out. That means that you're playing full in. You saw a collapse in, on 9-11, and you saw what happened that we build back. And it's hard, and people are hurt, but we can build back. So don't ever think that when you want to quit, that that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. Life starts at the collapse. Yeah. Life builds at the collapse. You want to go vertical? You need to have that collapse, actually, and sort so you can feel all those feelings. So when you can build back up, you can help other people. So everyone needs to have a collapse then, sounds like what you're saying. You know, isn't that harsh of me to say? Not everyone needs to have a collapse. My book says maybe your back doesn't need to be against the wall for you to get this message. That's the cool part. <laughs> and I think we're our backs to the wall in some sort of life, and, and especially talking to entrepreneurs. Every time there's a new thing, and then you have to make the change, and you're not who you were before. And you have to shift in to grow. And at times you're going to say, oh, my gosh, well, I got to go ahead and do this now. And now I'm, you know, everything I built could collapse. So I got to move forward. And it's no longer that business. It's the new business moving forward. It's the new way I'm going to operate that I wasn't operating before. And that, that's almost what you kind of are using the analogy of collapse is that what was before is no longer. What is ahead is where our future is. Yes. You know what's cool, Neil? Everybody thinks their new year starts January 1st. And by February... They haven't even really done the things they're supposed to do because they follow the rules of the world. Follow your own rules. 
Make today your new year. Make today the day that you make a commitment, you make a decision, and let it be whatever today is, October 13, 2020, to October 13, 2020. That be your new year and see what you can do in that time. And also, already like 11, ahead, 11 weeks ahead of everybody else. <laughs> and think about also COVID-19 where people don't think it, their lives have changed so much. So there's certain people who they, they really dealt with the collapse, the collapse of their business, the collapse of changes, the shifting of what they're dealing with in daily life because of COVID-19. What do you say to those people that are, going, are really struggling right now and want to move forward? I say there are always opportunities. You can live in fragility if that's where you want to live and you can feel down or you can understand a ferocity. And I'm saying that word with an F, ferocity. Because when you are ferocious through the storm, you understand that there is nothing standing in your way for making your life better, your family's life better, maybe the generations behind you. But you, if you sit and feel sorry for yourself, you're not going to understand what that is. So go, go ahead and figure out what it is. Understand what opportunities are out there. And if you don't know how to do that, I can help you do that. All right. So where's, where can we find more information on you, learn more about you and go? Where can we go? You know what? I'd really like to just first have a conversation with you. So you can email me at Margie at Margie D-U-N-K-I.com. And Margie is spelled M-A-R-G-I-E at margiedunkey.com or, or just text me at 802-238-5939. I don't talk to everybody. I don't put my calendar out there for everybody. I'm not here because chatter that doesn't matter doesn't really serve us. I'm here to help you. And if you want help, I will be on the phone with you and we'll figure this out. I'm helping people that want to get through the gap because on the other side of the gap is success and the money and the opportunities. And that's where I want you to be. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for stopping by. And I guess you got to look at that world that we're going to have to collapse to grow again. And if we're making a decision that's going to change and transform our lives. We're going to have to look at that. What was before is no longer. And that's something to really think about. So I appreciate you calling coming by. Absolutely. It's, it's been an honor to be here with you today. Thank you so much. And I can always, my, my final words are, everybody has another notch. Everybody has another step. Everybody has another gear. And so, you know what? You get to figure what that, that is. And I, I hope that you uh, don't just stay here because then you'll be overly satisfied and underachieved. And we want to get you through that. Okay. Appreciate it. Thanks, Margie. Thank you so much, Neil. Take, Take care. care. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening and watching The Neil Haley Show. And we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Christopher Hall Show. And I'm excited to welcome to the program, Dr. Christopher Hall. Dr. Hall, how are you? Thank you for your service. And again, the coronavirus, you predicted this, it continues to grow and uh, more and more cases, right? You know, you're totally right about that, Neil. And you know, Dan, that was something that, you know, looking back, I thought might occur, and now we're seeing it in reality. So, and not just here, it looks like all around the world. But, uh, I'm very excited about the guest that we have today. All right, so introduce her, and I'm excited too because it's something that I have three daughters and three sons. All of them should look up to her, 
But the three daughters, she really look at this story and how amazing it is. Go ahead and introduce her. Well, no doubt. Well, Jimmy, it's a fascinating time for America, particularly now when we're really starting to go back into uh, launching um, um, vehicles into space and a common new uh, era, uh, space age for America. So, um, and helping with that, we have today a very exciting, a very interesting a uh, dynamic individual, one of the system engineers from NASA. I'd like to welcome to the show, uh, Ms. Jody Davis. Welcome to the show, Ms. Davis. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right. So, Dr. Hall, I know you have a ton of questions for her, so let's go, because I want to hear this amazing story and how she really um, ha- is, is doing something pretty awesome, I think. No doubt. And, well, you know, just in general, yes, uh, you know, Joey, tell us a little bit about kind of where you're from, and um, I guess, how did you get interested in science? So I'm I'm from Minnesota, um, from the Twin Cities area, and there was no, and still is not, um, any NASA center there. So my interest actually came and started up um, watching Star Trek with my dad getting interested in <laughs> space, and then I always thought I wanted to be an architect, in third grade I was drawing floor plans, and starting to get excited about engineering and only until I saw the movie Apollo 13 in the movie theater. Cause mind you, I had no access to, to NASA right. at that time. I realized architecture plus outer space in many ways formed aerospace engineering. So from 13 years old, I realized that I wanted to work for NASA and then just figured out bit by bit what is required for me to get there to NASA and become an aerospace engineer. See, that's that's tremendous. Wow. And it's not the easiest road, is it, <laughs> to get to NASA? It is, it is, it, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's doable. And that's what I, I want, you know, kids and, and especially girls and, and women, everyone to understand that it is doable if you have the passion and the motivation. All right, Dr. Hall, this is a this is exactly every question he configures based on his story, Jody, of being a ward of the state, uh, growing up in in this challenging and to be able to become a, a, a medical doctor and author. He sees that and he likes to always have guests that can tell that kind of story of overcoming obstacles. So uh, go ahead, Dr. Hall, with your next question. You know, you're exactly right about that, Neil. And so. You know, that's the, the, that's the exciting range of guests that we've had on this show. And so now we have a very, very, very exciting and, um, wow, instrumental scientist here. So now, now Jody, tell us a little bit about, now we know to become, uh, to get into engineering and to look at NASA that, you know, a person has to have a lot of interest in science and particularly mathematics. And so uh, tell us a little about that. When did, you know, your interest in math peak? And really what I want to know is tell me your favorite math course in all throughout uh, in college. <laughs> so math, I, not all engineers are the absolute best at math. And, <laughs> and I'll just say that you, you do have to have an appreciation for it and a love for it. And you have to study it. You, you know, there's a minimum amount of math courses that you have to take. Um, so but, but we're not mathematicians at the same time. You know, we don't we don't really um, uh, we we don't teach mathematics at, at at universities, and so it doesn't have to be the only focus. For me, I do love it. Um, I I you know 
took calculus and everything in high school and then took higher level math courses in college. Two of my favorite courses in college was differential equations, what we called DIFFIQ. And then I got into more of the math theory um, and chaos theory was one of my favorite um, courses, elective courses. So I got a, a math minor actually. And I loved it because it went into fractals and, you know, chaos theory. We all have heard a butterfly flaps its wings in Japan and that starts a hurricane, uh, you know, in the Gulf of Mexico. It's, it's just such an out of the box way of thinking. And I love that side of mathematics as well. That really has nothing to do with my day-to-day job. <laughs> my day-to-day job is F equals MA. So I <laughs> uh, see. I can't believe so. So you say you're not very good at math, but you're, you minor in math. Come on now, Jody. Well, you know, we don't all love it, but there's, there's aspects of it. Math is so broad just like engineering, so broad. There are so many different areas that you can go into and you don't have to be pigeonholed in, in one area. All right, so go ahead, Dr. Hall, the next question. Well, there we have it again. They're just a very uh, um, outstanding individual who's very, very humble and stuff like that. And so, yeah, well, you know, Jody, I mean, I you know, I took a lot of math myself and I, I took actually math to different equations. So. Uh, your love for that, I can I can certainly understand. Now, let me ask you this: um, I think what you know we've seen for a little while um, is that we don't see a lot of um, women, and you know we don't see a lot of um, I think African Americans, Hispanics, um, or uh, Native Americans actually going into these science fields, and particularly engineering and mathematics. So. You know, how do we address that? What do you think? You know, you're working in a very, uh, yeah, a very intense field. You know what it takes to get there. What would be your advice to our young people who are interested in going into to engineering and ending up in NASA? Well, I think there's there's many different aspects to that. To to try to increase our diversity and our our profile in engineering, um, whether it be with gender or with race. And what I think helps at a very young age, it's kind of twofold in my opinion. It's it's visibility, seeing um, other, let's say black female engineers that either maybe live in your neighborhood or that you see a, a, you hear them on a radio show and you can identify with them and see that that's a possibility for you. And then the second thing is access to programs, access to maybe um, uh, a robotics camp or um, uh, a camp for for kids or or girls to to code um, and start learning and, and getting their feet wet. And so I think that's really the key where we need to step up and help kids, um, a, a diverse range of children in all different areas to get them access to these programs. And then whether it's through science fiction or seeing real life examples, seeing people that you can identify with. Yes, that's, that's wow. so true. That's so true. Now you, you talked about math being again, your minor. What were your, so your grades throughout school, were they always top notch? Um, there was a class that I struggled with and it was more so, um, just not being that interested in, and it was statics and it was the, 
honestly, it was the, the only C I got, but I got a C. <laughs> and, you know, I, I mostly was an A student, but you, you don't, you don't have to be an A, A plus student. You can do really well and, 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 you know, n- not be perfect all the time. Um, so, you know, we do have areas where we either don't like certain subjects as much, or it's just harder for us. Yeah. And that's okay. See, I like that positivity and I'm going to have another question for you involving education as a former teacher and have a tutoring business. I always, uh, I'm not as intelligent as you are, uh, Jody, but I'm able to, uh, work in with kids of all different levels. And it's just, you impress me beyond belief when you answered that math question. Cause I tutor math, but I've tutored up to probably algebra too. Couldn't get to the level that you were discussing. So, uh, there, there goes, have someone from NASA tutor you. That's, that's the best, <laughs> but, but go ahead, uh, Dr. Hall with your, uh, next question for Jody. Oh, we yeah, had no, no problem. And so, you know, the reason why I was kind of bringing up these things about mathematics, because, you know, it's kind of my belief that those segments of society that, you know, kind of struggle with, um, moving ahead financially, uh, socioeconomically in, in our society tend to, um, have, um, some issues with, uh, whether it's through the school district or whether it's, you know, from um, family life, it's hard to say, but I'm saying there's some issue with moving forward in mathematics up to the level, say, where you were in high school, could calculus or, or even the, you know, uh, going to those skills, because those skills are what really where you get a higher income. And, you know, math teaches you a lot of thinking and training ability how to um, solve problems in life. So it's very important. So I don't want to skip over that like it's not important. I want to make it a lot clearer that I believe that math aptitude and success in life is very very important. So, uh, Joey, talk a little bit about your role in um, getting people to Mars. Yeah, yeah well, comment on, on your on your last comment there. I completely agree. I, I think you know, math aptitude is important, and it's getting the right tutoring. You know, like Neil, you're involved with tutoring, access yes. to tutors, and access to that help. Yeah, we need to bring critical. that back. Honestly, we need to bring it back in schools because it is being taken away with funding. I think that one-on-one tutors. I, I did it back uh, at St. Agnes when I was a teacher, and then I had a tutoring program after school, and I brought younger kids, younger teachers in to teach the kids from inner city. And they, they just love to have that one-on-one person to guide them. It's hard to have the parent try to do it. It's really a great thing right. if everyone can afford a, t- a tutor one-on-one, either virtual or one-on-one in person. So that's a great point you made. Yeah. And then the last question had to do with uh, um, my job and what I'm working on currently. Yes. That's what, she, that's what Dr. Hall asked. Yes. Okay. So the, right now – I. My portfolio, I'm, I'm very lucky to have been involved in a lot of uh, flagship NASA missions, and that means big, bigger robotic NASA missions. Um, I helped land the Mars Science Laboratory Curiosity rover, which was about the size of a Mini Cooper, a one-ton rover in 2012. I was part of the entry, descent, and landing team. And then I went from Mars 
and I moved over to space telescopes and I worked on the James Webb Space Telescope from about 2014 to 2017 and I really got hands-on experience helping build this the telescope in the clean room in a bunny suit wow. um, yeah and awesome. so you know, this the James Webb, I, I encourage um, your your listeners to take a look because, you know, we're getting ready to launch that soon, finishing up our environmental testing. And from James Webb, I moved over the past three years, I've been working on a new telescope. And this is all being done. Um, I work out at NASA Goddard Space Flight Center just outside of D.C. And it's called the Roman Space Telescope. We just named it after Nancy Grace Roman, the first female um, a scientist to have a telescope named after her. And so that just like gives me chills. The fact that now I can work on this telescope. That's, that's the first telescope to be named after a woman. And this telescope is another deep space telescope, infrared characterizing. We have instrumentation that'll be on board. That'll characterize dark energy to tell us how the, um, universe is expanding the rate of expansion of the universe. In addition to that, we have a coronagraph, and it's basically like a, a camera that's that's going to suppress the light of, an, of a nearby star so that we can take an image of an extrasolar planet. That just means a planet that's outside of our solar system. The starlight from a star far away, yeah, and it's it's... It's it's a technology development, and man, when we launch in 2025, it's it's going to be amazing to get all that science data back. Wow, that's, so that's uh, in, very interesting. So from that process now, currently, so the the projects and stuff, where do you see science going? I mean, NASA going with space travel, in your opinion, if we can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of these robotic missions, which has been mostly my focus, I've worked some on human um, crewed missions. A lot of the robotic missions are the precursors, the technology development that's needed to mature the technology so that humans can use it on the next human mission. So think we're going back to the moon, right? We're sending the first woman and uh, uh, the next man to the moon, and we need to land precisely in, a, in, on a, in some particular location. And that precision landing technology, we're trying to tease out on missions such as the one that just launched, Perseverance, the Mars 2020 rover. And it's going to be using terrain relative navigation. Well, that technology is great because we're teasing that out at Mars to eventually use with humans on the moon to eventually use with humans at Mars. So there's a whole, there's a method to the madness. <laughs> That definitely there is. Uh, wow. All right, guys, that was the Dr. Christopher Hall show. Take care, guys.